This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 132. The Wonderful Holy Spirit Robbie Williams once went on a shopping spree in Los Angeles. He bought five cars, including a brand new Ferrari, a brand new Porsche and a brand new Mercedes. Within a week, he wished he hadn't bought any of them, as he didn't even have a driving license. I admire Robbie Williams' openness about himself. He's ruthlessly honest about his self-obsession and addictions. In his song Feel, he sings, I just want to feel real love. There's a hole in my soul. You can see it in my face. It's a real big place. God implants this desire to feel real love in humanity. This hole in my soul is common to all human beings. It cannot be filled by cars, wealth, success or drugs. It's a God-shaped hole. It's a spiritual hunger and thirst for God that Jesus told us could only be filled by his wonderful Holy Spirit. From Proverbs 11 and 12. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. Fruitfulness. Do you want your life to make a difference? Do you realize that your life can be a source of blessing to other people every day? The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. As we look back at Proverbs 11, we can see all the fruit of the Spirit that the Apostle Paul describes in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The image of a tree of life is a beautiful depiction of God's favour. It recurs again and again in Scripture. It's also closely linked to the work of the Spirit in your life. It's the Spirit who enables and helps you to live the kind of righteous life that's described and to enjoy favour from the Lord. Lord, I pray for more of the fruit of the Spirit in my life today. More love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. New Testament from John 7 Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his word, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, he is the Messiah. Fullness 
You know what it's like to be physically thirsty. Your mouth goes dry, your throat is parched, your strength fades, and you crave water. How satisfying it is to drink when you're thirsty. To be spiritually thirsty is to be dried up inside, to feel totally empty and in anguish. In this golden passage, Jesus describes how your spiritual thirst can be quenched, the hole in your soul filled, and the effect that this can have on your life. Jesus anticipates what will happen on the day of Pentecost. He speaks about the transformation by the streams of living water that the Holy Spirit brings to your life. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It was the last and greatest day of the feast. This was the day when the people anticipated that the great river prophesied in Ezekiel 47 would flow out from Jerusalem. Jesus stood. The usual custom was to sit when teaching, but the words Jesus had to say were so significant that he wanted to be seen and heard by all the people. He cried out in a loud voice. His message is only 24 words in the Greek language, but it is a life-changing promise that you can still experience today. First, who makes this promise? The people were amazed by Jesus' teaching. He'd never been to Bible school or theological college. He received his teaching from God, and he says anyone who chooses to do the will of God will recognize this. Jesus calls for a response. Some thought, surely this man is the prophet. However, C.S. Lewis pointed out, Jesus did not leave that option open. There are really only three options that someone who said the sort of things Jesus said would either be insane or the devil of hell. The only other possibility is that this man was and is the Son of God. We see these three options demonstrated in today's reading. Some thought him the devil of hell. You're demon-possessed. Some thought him insane. He is raving mad. But others recognized he is the Christ. Second, To whom is the promise made? Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. It's made to every person. It applies to all who've never experienced the Holy Spirit. It also applies to those who feel dissatisfied spiritually. Do you feel like a failure in your prayer life? Do you feel frustrated at your level of holiness? Do you long for a closer relationship with God? If you do, you are spiritually thirsty and the promise applies to you today. Third, what is the promise? Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from within. The Feast of Tabernacles was anticipating the river that would flow out of the temple in Jerusalem as prophesied in Ezekiel 47, which was read and enacted at the feast. Jesus tells them that this has been fulfilled, not in a place, but in a person. The river flows out of the heart of Jesus, out of his koilia, the pit of his stomach or his innermost being, and out of every Christian through our personal heart-to-heart relationship with Jesus. The river flows into you and out of you. The river will flow into the little dead seas of our hearts and out from our innermost being. Superficially, life may not be easy. But deep down, the Holy Spirit constantly flows like a river of living water. This river does not flow once in a while. It flows continuously. 
It's not supposed to be blocked up. It should be constantly bubbling up and flowing out of us. As Cardinal Raniero Cantalamessa put it, a Christian in whom the Holy Spirit dwells is not exempt from having to experience struggle, temptations, disorderly desires, rebellious feelings. The difference is that all these things come upon him against his will. They're on the surface, yet there is a peace in the depth of their heart that is like a deep ocean current always flowing steadily regardless of the wind and the waves on the surface. Fourth, how do you receive the promise? Jesus says, let them come to me and drink. It's a promise for whoever believes in me. It's as simple as that. It can flow from you as you come to him and drink today. You become like Jesus through your love, your words, your presence. You will transmit the Spirit you have received from Jesus. You will quench the thirst of the poor, the lonely, the needy, those in pain and anguish, and will give them life, love, and peace of heart. Lord, I come to you today. Fill me again with your Spirit, with streams of living water, to bring life to everyone I encounter. Old Testament from Judges 14 and 15 As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. Freedom Are there habits in your life from which you long to break free? Are there thought patterns you need to change? Are there spiritual bondages? from which you need to be released? If anyone was wild at heart, it was Samson. He had extraordinary strength, might and ability, but his life was hardly a model. The story of Samson's life is bizarre, extraordinary and perhaps a bit embarrassing. However, Samson is highlighted in the New Testament as one of the heroes of faith. God uses all types of people. He uses us in spite of our sins and weaknesses. Samson's strength and successes are the result of his being filled with the Holy Spirit. On three occasions in today's passage, we read that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. It's amazing what can happen when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon people in power. As so often, what God did in the Old Testament in a physical way, he did in the New Testament in a spiritual way. The wonderful Holy Spirit sets us free from spiritual bondages. On the third occasion that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. This can be seen as a picture of release from our bad habits, obsessions and addictions. The power of the Holy Spirit can release you and me from the things that bound us. Lord, fill me with streams of living water. Satisfy my thirst. Break every bondage and help me like Jesus to demonstrate not only the power of the Spirit, but also the fruit of the wonderful Holy Spirit in my daily life. Pippa adds, Judges 14, Samson seemed an odd hero. Born with so much promise, how did he turn into such a wild, unpredictable man? He had so many faults and disastrous relationships, and yet God raised him up to lead Israel for 20 years. He might have done better, 
if he had followed God more wholeheartedly and not indulged in his own passions. But God can use even the most unlikely people.